Hi, welcome to the Holding Hands and Throwing Fists podcast. I got the mic. And I have the opinions. And here we are, week four quarantine, still bringing you the goods. How? How are we so amazing that there are no fights and we can still talk? Because we consistent, yo. Yo, mad consistent. And mad adaptable because we're clearly grasping at straws today. Literally. Well, no, no, no. What's really nice about this is I feel like we're getting to talk about other things related to fighting and the (laughs) fighters. Like what? Like fuck you, John Jones. Oh, please. No, we don't. There's no need to communicate about that. (laughs) But like other ideas that we've had in the past, but you can't waste time on those ideas when there's... Fights every single week. Yeah. So I'm okay with this. I think actually this is coming completely out of left field. But I think we had said in, like, the last week of January, first week of February, we were like, there's fights going to every single weekend yes. until, I think this weekend was the one that where there wasn't going to be one. Or actually, no, next weekend. Because then the following weekend would have been Tony um, Khabib. Are you trying to say we jinxed it? No, 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 no. I'm trying to say that's just a cursed fight. It's just mm-hmm. never going to happen. That's the universe. <laughs> well... It's episode 2J, so we want to throw out uh, J is for jab. Anna's favorite punch. Is it? Is it your favorite punch? Is it my favorite? Nah. I think I like the cross the best. Oh, do you? You're a big crosser, huh? Yeah. 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 I'm a a jabber. I like like jabbing. You do? Yeah. And it's my power hand because I'm backwards. (laughs) You are backwards. Weird ass backwards ass left handed righty. (laughs) Raymond, you better watch out, bro, because you're going to get a jab buffet. Melissa, you keep practicing those jabs and you're going to jab the shit out of George. <laughs> Hi-ya. <laughs> um, so we're talking about how there's no fights, but... Um, there's a fight! <laughs> but apparently there might be a fight. I don't know. I'm sure you guys have heard about this because with no sports news, this really does make the news every single time that the mm-hmm. UFC and Dana White have never given up trying to make something happen for UFC 249. I mean, they were still trying to make Tony Habib happen, but then Habib went home to Russia and he's not going to get out and Tony's not going to get in. So the last I read, I did a lot of research for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The last I read was that, yes, it's still happening. Tony is still fighting, but Tony is going to fight Justin Gaethje and... Right now, sources are saying that it will be in the United States somewhere on the West Coast. (laughs) That's what they're saying, babe. That's it. West Coast. I've already had this conversation with George, but we'll obviously have it briefly now. Is Because George is good at explaining things to me, actually, especially when it comes to MMA. Why the fuck would Tony Ferguson want to fight Justin Gaethje when it's not for the title shot now? I don't know. There's there's literally no there's no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, and Tony probably just lives his fucking life that way. Uh, just so you know where Tony's headspace is at. He Tony's fights, the kind of the yeah, type of guy. <laughs> exactly. To fight Justin Gaethje on short notice during a worldwide pandemic. That's With that's, no belt on the line. <laughs> that's the ultimate Tony. To potentially <laughs> ruin his win streak. Go on his uh, Twitter or Instagram. Right now, he he's literally elbowing iron poles. That's how he strengthens his elbows. He just literally elbows <laughs> steel shit. And 
I don't know. You're just a fucking savage. I, w- I would love to hear what what's. I, I would just love to hear him talk for probably seven minutes. And I think he was on some podcasts. Was he? I just didn't get to listen to no, it. He yet. wasn't on this podcast. Yeah, he definitely wasn't matter. on this. All right, I don't know, but I mean, I'm so excited. We're still gonna. Yeah, buy who knows it. what's gonna yeah. happen? Who knows what's gonna happen? I, I would love to see them fight on a ship. That would be cool. International waters. Build it on I don't, Yeah, now. that's not going to happen. Didn't you hear? My sources said West Coast. I mean, the, the, the a ship could be on the coast. And with that, I'm going to say, I'm going to segue to the next segment. Not smoothly because I fucked up my words. But uh, this weekend, coming up on ESPN News Channel. So it's like uh, after ESPN The Ocho. Uh, <laughs> they're showing uh, four hours of fights again. Or, like every freaking week. This time, it's uh, by category. So at 7 o'clock, we got one-punch knockouts. So that's particularly brutal. <laughs> yeah, but I also think that's a good... It's exciting. Good to watch, yeah. So if you're, if you're still new to uh, UFC and MMA in general, uh, that might be fun to see some of the most iconic one-punch knockouts of all time. Uh, heavy hitters at 8 o'clock. I'm assuming that's uh, all heavyweights. Heavyweights are always fun to watch, although sometimes... Actually, not so much because there's a lot of uh, holding on and hugging and catching their breasts because they're fatties. <laughs> then there's light heavy hitters at 8.30, which I'm actually, you guys know, I fucking love the light heavyweight division. So that should be fucking super cool. And then there's Connor Soundwaves at 10.30 on ESPN2. So it's all like behind the scenes audio of Connor McGregor and Connor McGregor fights and his camp and all that stuff. So, yeah, that I definitely want to watch. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before that Connor is like a, an archetype of like the Irish fighter, right? But he's he's just super quick-witted and he's so fucking funny and smart with what he says, usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was pretty much batting a thousand, but like everything, he, you know, it gets fucked up over time. And his whole thing with the Khabib fight was just absolutely atrocious. But everything else is cool, so... I look forward to uh, falling asleep through that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know it's so late. I Dang know, it! Ten thirty. <laughs> if only we had technology to record. For oh later. please, you're crazy. On that, let's go to the top five of the week. All right, so we wanted to do something uh, different and during our uh, rec time. Is that what they call it in jail when you get out for an hour? Yeah. <laughs> it really is our rec time. Our... We're walking in a circle. <laughs> yeah, we walk in a big circle and we think that we're so free because we get to walk to the water and back. Uh, but we decided that we were going to do uh, top five about fighters' tattoos. <laughs> and this is something that at the very beginning of our podcast, we said we wanted to... Yeah have a discussion about. And you could tell we're big tattoo people. Between the two of us, we have zero tattoos. Huge tattoo people. Yeah. So we're going to start off with number one. Uh, basically, number one is going to be the worst tattoos in MMA and UFC. Uh, we're going to start with... Uh, I think actually it's, it's not even the worst tattoos. It's the worst ideas for tattoos because there are worse tattoos out there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there's worse, you know. Thankfully, there's nobody I know that has Nazi tattoos in MMA, but I'm sure... <laughs> I'm sure there's someone, because there, people are stupid. For in, for the purpose of this category, it's uh, tattoos that a lot of fighters actually have. So yes. I'll start off. One night, I sat at home, and I was watching fights with Anna, like usual. And I realized, if you wanted to get a tattoo of a cross, I understand. <laughs> but why would you get a tattoo of a rosary? Like, 
it's not going to fall off. So, <laughs> so these people get, get, they get the cross tattooed on and then they get the beads tattooed on as well. Oftentimes around their neck. Where's the cross going to go so that, if the beads don't hold it up, babe? It's, it's gravity, I understand. But even my high ass at 11.30 at night watching fucking fights... That's a lie. Not 11.30. 7.30 at night. Uh, I, I asked myself that question. And now you're going to watch. Keep keep an eye out for rosary beads. There's a lot more tattooed on than you think. Than you think. Yeah. Still in number one, talking about top five fighter tattoos, um, is another tattoo idea that I, ju- I, I, don't, I don't think either of us get. Not big fans. Getting your own last name tattooed on you to me it's specifically when it's on your back where your name would be if you were wearing a jersey i just i i don't understand why anyone would choose to do that i'm looking at you donald cowboy cerrone i'm looking at you charles Oliveira. i'm looking at you justin gaethje however i it's not just limited to the last name on your back. Yeah. Because um, Chris Cyborg has her first and last name on her arm. I don't understand. Just in case you forget. And Max Holloway, who you know we love, I think his is the most disturbing. It's his last name in a semicircle around his belly button. In the show notes, you wrote tummy. I was waiting for you to Because yeah. it is his tummy, but it's, it's, it's oh, gosh. All the way in the tummy. So, yeah, names, not the best. Now we got to think about, because uh, we have guilt trips and our neuroses, which one of our friends is going to get hurt by this? I know. <laughs> Sal, oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> Your tattoo's stupid. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to give... Uh, not an honorary mention because we'll get to honorary mentions later. But Cain Velasquez fought Brock Lesnar in a huge fight in I haven't pulled up here a long ass time ago. <laughs> We're gonna say 2010, so almost 10 years ago, October 2010. Cain uh, Velasquez famously TKO'd Brock Lesnar, uh, maybe hand- handing Brock Lesnar his first loss. Everyone would probably fucking call me a filthy casual, but. I followed MMA at the time, but I also didn't give a fuck about committing shit to memory. Um, no, it was his second loss. That's right, because Brock Lesnar had lost to Frank Mir uh, via submission via knee bar. But anyway, Cain Velasquez, being a Mexican man over six feet tall and the first Mexican heavyweight champion in any combat sport, has the only tattoo, I believe he has, brown pride. Uh, tattooed underneath his collarbone. So a lot of people didn't really like that. Some people would make the argument that why can't you get white pride tattooed? That's a bad argument. I'm shaking my head. (laughs) You guys can't see that. If you can't hear it. (laughs) Um, Let's just say that that I think any pride could be limited to not being tattooed. Pride belongs in your heart. Yeah. You know what? I was just about to look up the definition of pride yeah like isn't there something about that that's internal it's a feeling yeah so like i don't put 
disappointed on my chest. <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't put, like, Shit. depressed yeah. on your chest. Shame. <laughs> or guilt. Like, I just... Well, all right. So, Cain Velasquez, Velasquez had that tattoo. And he fought Brock Lesnar, who is uh, of WWE wrestling fame. A uh, huge, giant, scary fucking looking dude. And I would never say this to him. And I hope I never meet him. And I hope he never hears this. But he has a sword tattooed on his chest that goes all the way up to his neck. And it looks like a big dick. Big dick on his chest. Big old dick. So big dick for his brown pride. <laughs> brown that pride would have been a good selling uh, method. Yeah. So all those tattoos were for number one. But don't you worry. Unlike last episode, we... Um, yeah. have decided to be way more positive. So the rest of our top five are all shouting out like pretty neato tattoos. So number two, um, we wanted to shout out Cody Garbrandt. Not, I'll, admittedly not necessarily that he has the best tattoos, but I like his tattoo stories and um, Cody might actually be Billy's favorite fighter mm-hmm. or at least favorite like current fighter for sure, for sure. One um, of the favorites. in the UFC and we love him and he was supposed to fight recently and anyway we know how that story goes um so I learned in my extensive research this week that Cody Garbrandt got his first tattoo um the same time with his brother when they were freaking 14 which is kind of crazy the, him and his brother uh Melissa here listen up to this too because it's like Harry Potter and his boys they were they were bad boys when they were young they were bad boys. They actually had to get separated because they would beat the fuck out of each other so much. And they couldn't live together. But uh, I guess they got back together at 14. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it was after this yeah. that they were separated. They I don't tattoos. know. Um, but the tattoo I want to shout out for the purposes of the top five is he may have been 15 or 16. I'm, I'm sort of putting that out there. I just know it's between 14 and 17 <laughs> that he got on his knuckles and I actually am a fan of knuckle tattoos, which is so crazy. Mm. Um, he got true love on his knuckles. <laughs> I love it. Not bad. For fighting. Because he realized fighting was his true love and always would was be. Was that really? Wow. Yes. That's nice. And it actually makes sense. It's not like these knuckleheads that get jujitsu tattooed on their hands and it doesn't make any sense. No, no <laughs> sense. And I like that you call them knuckleheads. Yeah. That's cool. I'm going to get knuckleheads tattooed on my knuckles. <laughs> Um, cool. Number three, and I think this is actually the fucking coolest. I've always talked about this. Uh, uh, um, I'm so with you. Yeah. I do think this is the coolest. So Alexander Gustafson, I think they might be the only tattoos he have. He has, I don't know. <clears throat> but he has um, inverted triangles on his arm. And each inverted triangle uh, represents every pro fight that he's been in. So the ones that are filled in were fights that he won. And ones that are like hollow or empty, or one fights that he he's lost, and uh, it looks fucking super I cool. I love that idea. It so sticks neat with you forever. Clean. Yeah. And what our key uh, research department here at Holding Hands and Throwing Fist podcast came up with, and I didn't know, was that his first fight with John Jones, he technically lost a very close split decision. A lot of people who saw that fight think that he won that fight. I'm on the fence. I don't know. I've watched that fight so many times. I still can't decide. I think maybe I think maybe John won that just by like a fucking hair, but whatever. It was crazy, crazy fight, all time great. He felt that he did not lose, so he uh, got it half filled in. 
So interesting. Pretty cool, right? And that is his only half-filled-in tattoo, which is... I think me, it's fair. I yeah. think it's fair to say. I think it's, it's fair. Decision. Yeah. yeah. And it shows how strongly he felt mm-hmm. about the fact that he won. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so super cool. Number four on our top five fighter tattoos to discuss, um, which I also only learned today, is Tai Tuavasa's Pie? Paya. Paya? Paya. It's hard. I don't know. I looked up how to pronounce this um, and got four different <laughs> pronunciations. But so it's a traditional Polynesian um, tattoo. Apparently it's a mark of honor in Samoan culture and they're like incredibly painful. It's they look like half circles when you see them with their shorts on. They look like detailed half circles. Mm. Um f- like on what? Your rib? Could be your rib or your legs. Yeah, but both but, but Ty has it like on his ribs down under where his shorts would be. Um whatever. It's you looking at some heavyweight shorts? Underneath I some am. Heavyweight shorts? I am. They're culturally significant, um, and it's anything that's cultural. I, I think that we would have to include, but like the design is so intricate and and really beautiful. It's pretty cool. It's pretty freaking cool. This is also the guy who, when he uh, fights and walks out of the octagon, he does shoeies, which is another cultural thing. Since you want to be all cultural with your glasses on now too. <laughs> Uh, and if you don't know what a shoey is, it's basically chugging a whole beer after pouring it in a random stranger's shoe. So you're chugging it out of a random stranger's shoe. What a lovely dichotomy. Yeah. So there's Tai Two of Asa's tattoo. And we're going to round out our top five with um, Cub Swanson. Who we affectionately call Cubby Bear. Oh, Cubby Bear is so cute. Cubby Bear has two palm trees. Um, on his tummy. (laughs) And, um, I love the palm trees. I think when I first saw them a long ass time ago, and I think anyone's first reaction is like, what the fuck? But now I'm like, yo, those are coolest tattoos ever. I am. Those are so him. I fucking love them because they are so him. He's fucking from Palm Springs. Um, they, they look super cool, but... When I decided I wanted to add him to this list oh, and I was looking up information. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're really cool. Um, admittedly, Cub Swanson has at least one questionable tattoo, which is SoCal um, <laughs> on his chest, on his chest <laughs> which I, I, I admit it's whack. <laughs> but not everyone thinks the palm trees are cool like mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> And we'll go back to um, George thinking sometimes the internet is really good. But someone described Cub, Cub Swanson's tattoos, um, and I quote, he looks like a 7-Eleven bathroom wall. That's pretty good. It's so good because he does. <laughs> <laughs> but I still like the palm trees. I think now at 34 years of age, I'm going to get my first tattoo. I'm going to get a Bay Ridge tattooed on my chest. Oh, shit. And then <laughs> Vassalopolis on your back, but they won't be able to fit it. Uh, yeah, I might have to go on the tummy then. <laughs> with the arch. Right around the belly button. Um, here, I want to show you something. Uh, Cubby Bear has coffee. 
And it's called Killer Cub Coffee that he makes and he sells his $18 for uh, a blend. And look at his logo. Look at how cool it is. That's really Killer cool. Killer Cub. I found out because Luke Thomas drinks his mug at a Killer Cub. Oh, he does. And he's such a fucking Luke Thomas is so it's smart. such a coffee snob. But he's such a coffee fucking snob. He's such an asshole. And he actually said that it was pretty good. Oh, all right. Now I do want to check it out. So. And then final fun fact for Cub Swanson. Gosh, I mean, I knew we loved Cubby Bear, but now we really, really love Cubby Bear. Is I don't know why I never thought like his his name is not Cub. So everyone, his real name is Kevin Luke. <laughs> Kevin Luke Swanson. Damn. Like the whitest white name you could ever think of. So Cal. So Cal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, since we hit our twenty minute mark, we'll just make some quick honorary mentions. Uh, Anna wanted to talk about. I have to. You have to. I think I have to. But the idea of it anyway, I like for anywhere. James Gallagher has just the outline of Arland. Um, also on his tummy. What the fuck is it with fighters know, and tummy know. tattoos? That's so weird. James Gallagher also has a fucking tiger on his chest. He is the young protege of Conor McGregor. So like when Conor was coming up, he was still like in his teenage years. Now he's still young as hell. He's in his early 20s. Uh, so he obviously was influenced by Connor. So we'll give a quick shout out to Connor McGregor too for the tattoos, because when he came out, uh, he of course uh, didn't have any tattoos on his front. He had that like Gaelic thing on his back or Celtic thing, and which the I think is hideous. Yeah, it's pretty hideous. Um, but then before his fight with Aldo and Mendez and all that, he got his gym's logo, a gorilla eating a fucking heart with a crown, and the crown would go up to the neck, uh, his neck. So I think, like, there was that point in time where, like, people with neck tattoos were, like, fucking trending. And he kind of rode that wave. So good for him. But then, uh, and Brendan uh, Schwab <laughs> always uh, get, he got really mad when this happened at the time. After the Chad Mendes fight, he fucking had, like, Connor's shredded. He has a fucking eight-pack, right? And after the Chad Mendes fight, he got the tattoo of the tiger with the crown on his tummy. <laughs> Again, with the tummy tattoos. And Brendan Schwab was so mad that... Uh, he was covering up his... Yeah, he's like, why would you do that, bro? Because Schwab has... His, his real name is Schwab, obviously. Whatever. But Schwab has, like, body dysmorphia because he's a heavyweight and he wishes, wishes he was shredded. So he was so upset. I remember... And he's talked about it multiple times that he's mad at Conor McGregor. That, that is so, so funny. funny. It's, it is shitty. And then, last honor I mentioned is the fact that Max Holloway and Tony uh, Ferguson... Both have uh, angel wings on their back. And I think a long time ago, I thought, if I ever got tattoos, I would get angel wings I cannot. Back. Did you fucking think that? Did you for real think that? I thought I would fly away. Oh, my God. Fly the fuck out of here with yeah. that idea. But you're, that, you're are always, you crazy? You always call me your angel. I, oh, I t- yes. All right. This episode was brought to you by Matt Gallops. Happy birthday, motherfucker. <laughs>